0: This morning, as we uh, transition to uh, a new season that's upon us today, uh, we have to acknowledge something that this season is just flying by. Can y'all believe that we're on the last week of October? Can you believe that 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 we're just twenty five days away from Thanksgiving Day in twenty eighteen? Can y'all believe somebody's excited about Thanksgiving? Of course, it's our youth pastor who loves to eat and doesn't have any consequence for eating a lot uh, in a short amount of time. Um, That guy can put it away. And so if you have an extra spot at the Thanksgiving table, you might consider giving him a call. Uh, We'll put his number up on the screen here after service today. But uh, how many of you uh, outside of Jonathan... And myself, how many of you just love this season of Thanksgiving? How many of you just really appreciate all that comes along with this gr- season of gratitude and, and the expression of gratitude? I mean, you stop think about it, Thanksgiving season means so much to so many people. You've got, obviously, friends, family, food. You got, for the Wildcat football team, you got playoffs, right? Amen. football is one of those, and then in the fifth F for Thanksgiving, it's just a whole lot of fun, right? All you put all those things together and you just can't help having fun. There's something this morning that that I want to acknowledge about this season that just has us feeling blessed. Now, Abby talked about it already. How many of you see hashtag on that screen? Raise your hand. How many of you see hashtag? How many of you see pound sign? Yeah. So I couldn't pass this opportunity up this morning just to just to give you a little uh information teaching lesson on on hashtags. Now here's the thing. Hashtags, pound signs, I, I don't care how you see it, I just want to communicate why we're calling this series hashtag Blessed Because uh in social media and some of you don't even know what that is, but Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, and all those different platforms where people connect without really connecting. You know what I'm talking about? So there are ways that you can post a picture or a message or a video, and you can tag it or categorize it in such a way that other people around the world who are posting things in the same category can click on the hashtag, and you can pull up a whole uh, storehouse of like-minded posts, okay? And so As I've already seen over this last week, some people uh, posting about their blessings, they put hashtag blessed at the end of one of their social media posts. Right, Jonathan? And so what you can do is you can go and click on that and you can see all the other people who feel blessed. Because of the way that they take. Now, some people, I, I want to say this: some people just don't understand how to use hashtags, and but that's a whole other lesson we'll cover it another time. But this season has us feeling blessed, and in our conversations, in our prayers to God, and on social media, we, we just flood the world and our environments with this reality that we are blessed. And this morning. I want to begin a conversation that's going to take us over the next few weeks because I, like you, have been thinking about our blessings, our blessings. And I've realized a few things over the last few weeks as I've been preparing for this series. I've realized that we use that term blessing pretty freely. Would you agree with that? I mean, almost anything that we identify as going good for us we attach that term blessing to it, right? So like for you, you may look back in the, the storehouse of your blessings and see, "We, you know, I've got my house, I've got I've got a new car, uh, I've got some healthy relationships, um, I've got a good job, or maybe for somebody and in the room this morning, you're saying, I don't even have to have a job because God has blessed us in such a powerful way. Uh, some of the, somebody here is this morning blessed because of the relationships that they have, and we tend to if we're not careful we tend to just look at life and when things are smooth sailing we tend to say we are blessed now clearly i'm not the only person in the room this morning who feels that way but i've realized we use that term blessing pretty freely but i've also noticed we've also we also use that term blessing pretty favorably and i want to ask you a question this morning that maybe you can connect to personally, maybe for you it's a little bit of a stretch, but like just envision the world that you live in, right? Day to day, week to week. And if we can look at the lives that we lived and acknowledge that we are blessed, then then what does it mean for these people? If, If we're blessed, does it mean that they're less blessed than we are? Does it mean that, They uh, just don't have something that we have, and so therefore, they're unable to attain or receive the level of blessing that we get to experience in our lives. By the way, all these pictures were captured by our very own Gail Bain on her adventures to Haiti, and I know she's not here this morning, but uh, she gave me permission to use these photos. And, and, And there is a chasm like none other. When you fly on a plane out of Florida and you touch down in Haiti between the two worlds that we live in. I mean, it's just a few miles that separate us, but experientially, you could not find a greater difference. Does it mean that if we're blessed, then they're not? We use that term blessing pretty favorably, and if you've ever been to a, an environment like that, then I have every ounce of confidence that you'll agree with what I'm about to say that those people in those environments never would, should be classified as less blessed than we are, amen? We've, we use that term pretty favorably, but I've also realized we use that term blessing pretty forgetfully. How many of you love Thanksgiving? I want to remind you this morning, church, of a truth that we cannot afford to forget. Our enemy loves the season of Thanksgiving too. And as we get started in this new series this morning, I want to to remind you how much our enemy loves the season of Thanksgiving. You, You may not realize this, but... In the world of U.S. currency, which youth pastors know a whole lot about, right, Jonathan? Right. Yeah, so um, in the world of U.S. currency, the most commonly transacted form of currency is the $20 bill, right? Everybody familiar with the $20 bill? The $20 bill is the most common, commonly transacted form of currency in the United States. Well, it's by no coincidence that the $20 bill also happens to be the most commonly counterfeited form of U.S. currency. There's a connection between the frequency of use and its counterfeit in the world that we live in. And I want to invite you to, to meet me on Common Ground this morning that in a way, if we can use and, and come back to that term blessing for just a moment this morning, that we need to acknowledge that blessing in a way is... A a, a form of expression in worship and praise. So as we acknowledge the blessings in our life, we are in some form, on some level, we are giving praise and worship to someone for the good things that we acknowledge in our lives. Well, it just so happens, as we'll see here in just a few minutes, that the scriptures actually weave through, in the original language, of the word bless or to bless, weave through this idea of not just uh, some element of meeting a a provision, a need in someone's life, but also this idea of worship. It literally carries a a, a, um, parallel meaning that means to cause to kneel. And so I want to ask you this morning to think just for a moment about the blessings in your life. And when you use that term blessed, would you just consider for this conversation this morning, rephrasing that in such a way that those things in my life, I'm declaring cause me to kneel in praise or in worship. And it's because of our frequent use of that term blessed or the reality of the frequency of good things in our lives that I believe The enemy loves the season of Thanksgiving because he loves to counterfeit the blessings for God's children. There are things in our life that look good, that smell good, that feel good, but can we just be honest this morning, church, that some of those things aren't from God? Can we just acknowledge for a moment that the things that we are sometimes too quick to acknowledge as blessings in our lives may actually be gifts from our enemy. We look back through Scripture, and we see that since the beginning of creation, our enemy has crafted and offered false blessings to the world. Think back to the Garden of Eden, where you've got Adam and Eve, and then the enemy offers to them wisdom and freedom, right? That sounds like a blessing, looks like a blessing, but after the taste of that blessing, Adam and Eve discovered a whole world counterproductive to God's mission and purpose. In Joseph's family, as the, as the older brothers looked at their younger brother who they considered to be a nuisance, the enemy offered peace and favor. In Moses' life, he offered revenge and justice. In David's life, he offered love and connection. And not even Jesus was exempt from the counterfeit blessings that come from our enemy. We look at Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 7, when Jesus is stepping into the wilderness after his baptism and the, the, re, the receiving of his identity before the world as the son of God who is the one who uh, makes God proud. We see these words that then the devil took him up, Jesus, and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, Because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. You see, Jesus is even tempted with a counterfeit blessing from our enemy. And so we know that they're real and they're present in our lives, and many of us are beginning to to think back through the stores of our mind and our experiences in life where, where the enemy has offered something to us that looked good on the surface, but proved not to be so good after all. A relationship that may have looked like a blessing, felt like a blessing, but it ended up along the way leaving you stranded and divided and empty. A question for you this morning, is that from God? Maybe it was a job promotion that brought you more money and more uh, benefits, but, and on the surface, it looked like a blessing, it felt like a blessing, but turns out it never offered you the time to be present with your family, to lead them, to love them, and to influence them. Question for you this morning, was that blessing from God? Maybe for you, it was a house that, that looked like a blessing, felt like a blessing, it was your dream home. And it stretched you financially, but you know what? You trusted that, that it was just going to be there if, if everything aligned and, and everything met the way that it was supposed to until something happened in your life and it left you empty-handed. Was that from God? Maybe your child was drafted by an all-star team under a highly reputable coach. And it looked like on the surface that this was just the beginning of some long term assured blessing for your child and the entirety of your family. But it turns out that it kept you from gathering with your church family every weekend, except during the off season or washout weekends. Was that from God? What are those counterfeit blessings? That have shown up in your life. As we enter into a season of Thanksgiving, church, I'm here this morning to remind us all that not everything that looks good comes from God. If you follow what I'm saying, say yeah. Not everything that looks good comes from God. Now, that's a little bit of a bummer for some of us, right? Because we love to jump at everything that looks good along the way. Have you ever watched a kid open presents at at Christmas time or on birthdays throughout the years? Have you ever noticed that as the the wrapping paper, the tissue paper starts flying that there is absolutely nothing else in the room, right? It's all about the present, what's inside the box. And I don't know if you've realized this, but Maybe it's just our kids, Mandy. I don't know. Maybe it is. But, um, but our kids have an impeccable capacity to lose sight of whoever has given the gift because they are so focused on what is the gift. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? There, there is a, a, a tendency, even within the church, for us to focus on the blessing and lose sight of the blesser. Sometimes the gifts in our life steal the attention that is rightfully deserved for the giver. Amen? You know, we as the church sometimes put a ton of emphasis as on the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. like. Paul talks about in Galatians 5.22, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so we start to examine our life and we say, Lord, I want some more of that in my life. But we, if we're not careful, we we diminish the reality that, that the real treasure is the Spirit himself. Amen? That, that the real gift that we possess is not the, the things that, that Paul talks about in lists and, in enumeration, but the, the actual one who is the giver of the gifts himself. You know, Jesus didn't say in John chapter 14, he didn't say, you know, my, my peace is the way, my grace is the truth, and my provision is the life. No man comes to the Father except through the things that I give. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Church, if we're not careful, we have a tendency like our children to focus on the gift instead of the giver. And the reality is if we can, 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 can stay connected to the supplier, then the gifts just come. But the reality is the enemy wants to, to counterfeit things in our life in such a way that we begin to give credit to the wrong, in the wrong direction. And we miss out on receiving the fullness of what God intended through blessing. We need to reconsider as a church what God considers a blessing. In order for us to understand how it all began, God has given us the uh, the, the beginning so that we understand not just where we started, but as God created things in good and perfect order. And so, I want to invite you to go back with me to Genesis chapter one, verses twenty six through twenty twenty seven and twenty eight. Genesis 1, verse 27 and 28. It says this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then, if you hear me say then, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. In Genesis chapter 1, we see, church, that God has just created all of this thing, this, this this majesty of creation, and he looks at it and says, now that is good. And then he blessed it, which in my mind just takes it to a whole new level, amen? When God says it's good and then, and then he blesses it, there's, there's a few things this morning as we get started in this series that I want us to hang on to as we reconsider the way that we Evaluate and acknowledge blessings in our life. The first one is this: God blesses for his glory. God blesses for his glory. Now, I know that somebody's gonna be disappointed this morning because as, as those words come out of my mouth, you're thinking, man, I thought that was for me. Like I thought that was that was just because I had made God proud. And he had just wanted to, to give me something as, as, as a way of appreciating all my effort and my intentions along the way. The reality is we see in Genesis chapter 1 when God says uh, he created Adam and Eve and created male and female, and he, 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 he created them and, and blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply, God created them for his glory because God's design for the creation of the world is to fill the whole earth with his glory and splendor. And so he blessed them so that they had exactly what they needed to fulfill the mission that he had set before them. And for this mission of of filling the whole earth with glory and splendor, the reality is that God blesses for his glory. God wanted to see what was connecting, uh, representative of connection between Adam and Eve and God, their creator. He wanted to see that relationship of worship multiply. And remember, blessing means to cause to kneel. So God blesses for his glory. Second thing, God blesses for everyone's good. God blesses for everyone's good. And here's the reality. When God blesses, it is for his glory. But when God is glorified, there's something about it that, that just reveals to all of creation that this is what we were made for. This is what we were created to experience. And so when God is glorified, all of creation benefits. And so when God blesses, it's not just for his glory, it's for everyone's good. And lastly, as we get started in this series, God's greatest blessings, Shannon Oaks Church, are not physical. God's greatest blessings are not physical. You can't touch them with your hands, you can't smell them with your nose, you can't pick them up on the way to church Sunday morning. You can't give them a call when you get home on Sunday afternoon. And so I want to ask you this morning to consider as we launch into this season of, of thankfulness and, and blessing, that if you can touch your, your blessings, and if that's the extent of how God has blessed you, if your consideration of blessing never moves beyond the house, the car, the health, the relationships, then you might have missed out on the the greatest opportunity to be blessed by God our Father. If your blessings never move beyond the things around you, then I would begin to question if you have received the blessing of something within you. God's greatest blessings are not physical. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, we see this as we begin to wrap up today. That because of Jesus... In Ephesians chapter 1, 3, Paul says this, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. And so over the next few weeks, as we draw near to the season of Thanksgiving, and we begin to recount and, and, and quantify the blessings that we've received in our life. My challenge to you, Oaks Church, is this. Set your sight on the blessings that you can't see, that you can't touch, that you can't smell. Because I believe with all my heart that those are the blessings that unify us in this environment and those in the environment that we looked at on the screen just a few moments ago. There is something about the the sufficiency of the goodness of our Lord and Savior and the connection that he brings to us through the source and the supply of every physical blessing we could ever expect or imagine in this world. And it's that connection that gives us the foundation for the most blessed life we could ever imagine. 25 days to Thanksgiving. My challenge to you is this. I, as I want you to have the best Thanksgiving ever this year, begin to recount one blessing every day that would fall under the description of what Paul is referring to in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. So tell yourself this morning as we close this service, I'm so blessed. Go ahead and tell yourself out loud. Words have power. Ready? One, two, three, I'm so blessed. Would you remind yourself as you leave today, when you get home today, as you wake up in the morning, the reality of that statement? Would you remind yourself and those around you as you go throughout this week that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm? And there is a real and present enemy who loves the season of thanksgiving. It's because he has an opportunity to deceive the people of God into thinking that the things that they have received in their life come from God and are the extent of blessing in their lives. But the reality is our enemy loves to lead us astray. He's the father of lies. And there may have been some area in your life where you have acknowledged God's blessing in your life only to find, uh, find out that you are empty, alone, alone suffering disappointed in your in your journey i have good news for you this morning god though he may not gift some of those things to you along the way god has all the power that he could ever need to take and use those things for good in the future to build his kingdom and to accomplish his purpose because he's a redeemer and he's a resurrector and he takes the things that are lifeless and, and breathes them back to life. Somebody may be here this morning and, you, and you're like, I, I wanna experience the life that is full of blessing that comes from God. It all starts with Jesus. Jesus was given as the greatest blessing that you could ever need. And, and, and so as, as God would ordain it, that Jesus would be exactly what you need to reconnect you to the supply of everything that is good and